Today, the end of BoJack Horseman. Sad dog. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation, storytelling, and life lessons by animal-headed characters. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're discussing the series finale of Birthday Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. This. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know whose birthday it is. <laughs> whose birthdays are these? What is this show? Um, <laughs> no, we're talking about the series finale of BoJack Horseman. If you do not know what BoJack Horseman is, I don't know how to help you. You should probably not listen to this particular episode. Yeah, sometimes we have like... Uh, spoiler-free discussion, and then we tell you we're getting to spoiler zone. But obviously, this is the series finale of BoJack Horseman. <laughs> this is your spoiler warning here. We're one minute and 20 seconds in-ish, so deal with it. So you could go back and listen to at least four other episodes that we where we have discussed BoJack Horseman, one being our very... When I can't even remember, like our own first season of, <laughs> of a show where we discuss what is this show? I'm not quite sure where they're going with this, but I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you described it as the great American novel in that episode. Yes. And without like rehashing my entire like 30 minute long winded rant, um, <laughs> I mean that in every sense of the word in that. I think the the phrase Great American Novel is also originally coined to be ironic as like something that can't exist um, because there's no such thing. Like there's no one thing that can encompass all of it in the single American experience. And it's Bojack is both that. It's both this grand sweeping thing that feels like it's this great American novel experience. But at simultaneously, it's also like it could never be that. It's definitely not that. But it it captured the zeitgeist. This is the show. This is the King Lear of the last decade. Hmm. It's sad, hmm. but everyone likes it. And we all know it's great. And it's it's what do I want to say about Bojack Horseman? It's <laughs> No, that's that's the wrong author, but it's it was like it was the best of times, for, but it also was the um, the worst in some ways of, of times. Like um, I always felt as I was watching these seasons that I'd be laughing really, really hard and then have a moment where it was just devastating. And I couldn't go on and watch another episode. Like I needed time away from BoJack because I was it was hitting too close in very raw, real ways. Um, just emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like at the end of each season, I was ready for a break. You know, I was ready for, okay, I just need some time away and then I'll come back to it. Um, but it it just hits 
the interior emotions so well and so striking that it just it's visceral it's a really visceral experience for me to watch it i don't know yeah i don't know what it is but even in season one like before the end of that when the emotions get heavy and the show figures itself out uh you just get so emotionally attached to these characters and invested in their lives and i don't know that anyone can recreate the magic or fully explain exactly what happens with bojack that you just get attached to this crazy world and these crazy characters so quickly that when things turn south for any single character you're just devastated it's it's like if a friend called you up it's like you're watching the episode you're like laughing along ha 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 that's so funny todd and then you see a, a friend you haven't talked to in a long time call you and you pause the episode and you pick up the phone and you get some terrible news about this friend or something you're going through and then you have to like resume the episode and laugh again. <laughs> That's what watching Bojack feels like. I'm not selling it if you haven't seen it, but we've already told you if you haven't seen it, don't keep listening. So whatever. <laughs> so from those very first seasons, what has <clears throat> Bojack the show and Bojack the journey, <laughs> Bojack's journey himself, um, what have, what was it set up to be? Like, what do we feel like we were gonna get in this final season? And did we start to get this? You know, what, what mm -hmm. were we promised? Or what did we think we were promised? I don't know. Um, it's hard to say what we were promised and it's hard to think back that far for me and think what I expected five more seasons later from this show. Mm -hmm. But trying to think about why this story, why this time of Bojack's life, like why do we begin where we do with him and why do we end where we do with him? And it's really hard to articulate what that story is, but I think the first season is about him really realizing for the first time that he's a bad person mm -hmm. getting that feeling because the season one just ends with just like, Oh God, I'm going to tear up again. of just him so desperate for like that love from Diane and not like romantic love, just like the acknowledgement that he's a human. Despite what he's done, he is good. He can be good. Mm -hmm. I think that he realized that for the first time and he needs that. And the show for me is that struggle of Bojack versus Bojack himself. It's Bojack's growing desire to be good and turn his life around, conflicting with Bojack's actual existence where he just keeps doing worse and worse things because he wants to feel good about himself. And the shortcut to feeling good about himself is succumbing to his addiction and doing bad things and doing stupid things that you get mad at him for. Mm -hmm. And in the end, we're kind of spoilers uh left wondering whether this is rock bottom and things are going to get better or this is just the current rock bottom and things are going to get worse but i think for me things are going to get better and we don't need to see that because it's not the story the story was bojack learning that he can work at being better and he needs to work at being better 
we don't need to see him be better for that story to have meaning. Mm. For me, that's my long-winded BoJack recap. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I don't know if you agree. Do you have uh, a similar BoJack recap, or would you describe the arc of the show in a different way? No, I think that's very astute. Um, I, I think, for me, I've always had the question lingering as we get season season after season, I just kept asking myself, is this the story of a redemption? Uh, is it the story of a fall? You know, is he going to be redeemed at the end or is he going to fall at the very end? Are we going to have hope for him or are we going to lose it? Like that's that's what's been on the line for me Uh Every time it would seem like he was taking a step forward, there'd be something else to crush him back. Uh, whether that's a personal loss, uh, especially in something like Free Churro, you know, his, for his mom, like that episode is probably one of the um, touch points in the whole series. So if you go through and you track certain things, you know, there's, the New Mexico episode, which we discussed. <laughs> also, we discussed an uh, episode of DuckTales, that same episode, which was a strange... <laughs> I'm like, it was early in our podcast. We were finding ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there's, there's that episode, um, but then there's the Free Churro. So you track the, the family. And uh, the, I feel like... I feel like I'm babbling a little bit, but also you're tracking the the repercussions and the ripples of his trauma and his trauma manifests itself through his addiction because it's trying to fix the trauma, as you were saying in a, in a shortcut way. So it's just the ripples of trauma throughout his life. So revisiting the moments of trauma and the people who hold the trauma for him. And then it's also tracking the points of not redemption, but the, the people of healing. So it's when he's getting healed and whether it's he's being medicated or whether he's actually healing. And I use the word medicated not to speak about is he taking medication, but is he actually getting help from a character? Mm -hmm. Because in many, many ways, it's also the story of Diane realizing that she's not the cure for Bojack, but also Bojack realizing this person, people are not the cure. The only person who can cure Bojack Horseman is Bojack Horseman. In some ways. Uh, yeah, in, in some ways. I, at first, was kind of selfishly, like, angry when they announced that the final season was split between the two sets of episodes. But I think thematically and what we need to see, it was an excellent split because, like, yes. the first half of season six ends with an almost happy ending. Like, if the show had ended there, you see BoJack finding meaning in his life and doing good things and healing and being better to the people around him. You're like, this could be a happy ending. But what was shown in the, the last eight episodes is essentially 
that this isn't a fairy tale and Bojack can work to heal himself, but he can never escape the things he's already done. Mm -hmm. And there's no fairy tale happy ending for the show. It's just he has to accept that he has done bad things and still managed to do good things despite that. Like we had to see that happy ending for him and then have it taken away. Because there are consequences, you know, there, we'd like to think that there is some sort of justice and consequence for, for actions. And he was never allowed to face the consequences for his actions. Yeah. He was always able to run and get away and not face, um, not face things. I mean, even, even, oh, sorry. (laughs) You were about to say, and even, go ahead. Oh, I mean, uh, for me, the last half of the season also is like, and even, despite, for the most part, like, escaping his addiction in many ways, uh, he almost finds a new addiction in (laughs) apologizing and healing Mm. and trying to be better himself. Like, he gets stuck in that rut. Like, he just has this addictive personality. And, like, when he finds that people like him for saying sorry, he takes that too far. Mm. What what I've also appreciated in these last eight um, what am I trying to say? I think <laughs> you know they were they were really hard to watch mm-hmm. because of that unraveling of the dream. It was. It felt so good to see a happy ending for BoJack, and then just this unease that you know there's going to be a falling out, and you're like, "Is this going to be the thing that destroys him? And how bad is it going to get? What is it going to take away? Um, who is it going to take away?" Um, I was glad that the other characters came out of it alive. Um, like there were no other deaths, um, not even Bojack's, but um, it, it looked pretty scary there for for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. In some ways, if if we look at the the penultimate episode, uh, a view from halfway down, which. I read in an interview <laughs> about where that title came from is they were trying to get all the letters of the alphabet in the first letters of the episodes and they still had V left over. And so they came up with this and then that came up with a poem, which came <laughs> up with the plot. And I was like, all from trying to get the letter V as <laughs> into the title is, is, what they said. I was like, I love when art, amazing ideas come from weird restrictions and weird ways of looking at things. I was just thinking like, God, I love dumb writer's room things. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's not a criticism at all. Like bless them for like being so entertained with their own work and trying to find little games themselves to play that no one else will notice that things like this come out of it. <laughs> But um, for me, it's if you look at that episode, 
it very easily could have been um, okay in some ways to kill Bojack Horseman. And I honestly, I was like, uh, we paused it for a second uh, when my wife and I were watching it. We'd already watched uh, the episode before it. And of course we knew we had to watch the last one. We're like, we can't just leave it here. <laughs> like this is, we, we, we have to keep going. Um, but we stopped for a second and I, I just said, I can't believe they did it. I, I was not expecting them to go here. And um, my wife said, oh yeah, I didn't see any other way for this to go. I was like, what do you like, what do you mean? <laughs> I I was expecting something in some way because of the humor. I was expecting hope to still be a part of it, even mm-hmm. though hope might be, you know, lumbering forward or damaged or crawling by their fingernails. I saw hope still being a part of it. And um, it was like, okay, Bojack's, death is here and then you read the um description did you read the description for the final episode that netflix has no i didn't does it is it like a oh red herring oh it so totally is um (laughs) let me see if i could get it uh i was just watching it again (laughs) (laughs) um it was nope 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 sorry it's so good. It is so good because it it leads you on in the best way. I mean, you've built up so much while you're searching for it that this, at this point, better be truly great and amazing. Okay, so it says, episode 16, nice while it lasted, a celebration brings people together. Oh, it sounds like it could be a funeral. I was like, oh my God, they did it. Um. They, they did it. They did it here. And it shows Mr. Peanut Butter and he's in a suit and Bojack's nowhere in there. And I'm like, oh, my God. They went a to Netflix and said, like, we're going to choose these things. You don't get to choose the previews and description for us. <laughs> like a celebration brings people together. And I was like, oh, so Bojack, while he himself couldn't be healed. So then, like, all these ideas <clears throat> start going, why well, he couldn't be healed but he healed everyone around him or we get to see the repercussions. There's still story because the people around him were so interesting. We get to see the repercussions of maybe they get a chance for healing in all their side stories. Hmm. And then that gets taken away in the very first uh, 10 seconds. But it was interesting to think of, would they do that? What would happen if they did that? Um, I was disappointed when I thought he was dead too. Um, but I think a lot back to there's a film from, Oh my God, when is this film from? It's so old now, 2008, <clears throat> um, stranger than fiction, which is oh. a masterclass in writing. If you haven't seen it, not animated, but just go see stranger than fiction. If you haven't seen to, it, I need to rewatch that movie. That's on my favorites list. It, it's been my sick day movie for a long time too. Um, <clears throat> but that movie, when I first saw it, I, 
left the theater and was like so disappointed like ah, they didn't sorry spoilers for stranger than fiction it's like they didn't kill the main character because wouldn't it just meant better if he accepted like art is more important than him it just he needed to be dead for this thing to have meaning and as i've gotten older i'm like that's a really stupid take like college mckenzie like why would you think that like it has more meaning because the people find his life more meaningful than art and they sacrifice that for him and he gives so much more to people instead of just a lifeless book being in the world. Mm. Hope lives. Yeah, exactly. It's It has a very similar feel to like the last 10 minutes of that movie feel very similar to like the last episode of BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a revisitation of these people that the character had an impact on and like what they're doing now. And the string that pulls it all together is the main character. I do appreciate that they also uh, play with your expectation that he is dead and just like horseman dead. And then it pulls back in a (laughs) newspaper and it's like headless horseman franchise dead at Sony. (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, okay. I see where they're going. Like Bojack horseman, not dead. (laughs) We're going to spell it out for you. Literally. We're going to spell it out for you. He is not dead. We're going to rapid fire, give him some certain consequences, send him to jail, um, put him in jail, and then you're we're going to have time pass because to show you where things end up, time is, has to pass. I mean, the last episode is an epilogue. I think after the, the montage at the beginning episode, like that's the end of the story for me, and then the next... 18 minutes is all mm-hmm. epilogue. And what I really appreciate is that it knew what people liked about the show. And what made it so endearing and lovable was not just the characters, but Bojack's interaction with those characters. Each of the other four main characters gets a dedicated segment. That's about them and their relationship with Bojack. That's right. each perfectly written. That like is a nice stinger at the end of their own stories, but also on Bojack's impact for them and what that could be in the future. It's, it's basically four short films packed into one episode. Yeah. And I know if I'm sure hashed out in the podcast before about how I am not a last Jedi hater, but there are things <laughs> that I didn't love about last Jedi. One of the things that I wanted was that I was like, Oh, the first movie gave us all these characters and I want to see more of them together. And the second movie is just none of them together whatsoever. I'm like, oh, this is not what I wanted out of this movie. Plot and everything great. Loved it. Awesome. Uh, exactly what I expected for Star Wars to go in the direction of. I had no problem with that. But then Bojack like knows, like, you want more of these characters. So let's give you just that dedicated character moment that each one is so true to them. Mr. Peanut Butter having miraculous, wonderful, crazy things happen to him, like a sitcom. Todd saying something ultimately really stupid as the punchline of like a five minute rambling conversation that winds up being also so wise. Um, Diane being Diane and like really taking control of her own life for the first time and having that sad relationship with Bojack. And of course, Princess Carolyn. Um, I mean, spoilers, that's my favorite thing. Uh, But Princess Carolyn figuring out her work-life balance by (laughs) still having her work and life mixed together, but having a separate life outside of that also. (laughs) But also making choices for herself. 
yeah. for her own health. Like that's yeah. that's what the balance is. You could be. It's not about being busy or not busy. It's not about be, doing work and not doing work. It's about making healthy choices for yourself as opposed to choices for other people that turn out to be unhealthy for you. Yeah. She loves schmoozing. She loves playing the Hollywood game. She loves playing all that, but she hated that for her personal life. And so, oh, we got a real wedding like two weeks ago. It was just us. It was great. We had the family there. This is a fake wedding. For the industry. Like, <laughs> just for the industry. I'm just here schmoozing. Husband's gone. I'm just here in my dress dancing with everyone. I was like, oh my God, Princess Carolyn, you're brilliant. And I love you. <laughs> I'm so glad you figured out your happiness. And it's also so Princess Carolyn at the same time. Because the genius of hers of character is that she is a Todd where she takes everything she does seriously. And Todd knows that all the crazy stuff he does is a joke. Hmm. Because Princess Carolyn is the tongue twisters and the wacky situations and like the lying and the layers and the layers and layers and layers of things to like get out of a bad situation for like a project that she's doing. Like the Courtney Portnoy like mall shooter movie in the gun control episode. Mm-hmm. Like Princess Carolyn does crazy things, but she's not aware that they're crazy. Right. They're absolutely serious and reality. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they're... she she figures it out by continuing to do those crazy things for her work. And she sets aside the time outside of that to not have the crazy things. She's not dating three children stacked on top of each other. She's not. (laughs) The word shenanigans gets tossed around (laughs) a lot. Um, (laughs) what, What I love about it is there's it. The whole show, just in general, pushes absurdity to the point that you think the show would break, but somehow because they're so emotionally real, it doesn't. Like it's grounded and it's fixed and it's drilled into there and it's rock solid that it doesn't matter, you know, how windy it gets in terms of absurdity. That thing is not going to lift off the ground. It's it's solidly grounded in there. You could go whenever. It's it's going to possibly bend so far that it's close to the ground, ready to break, <laughs> but it's not going to break. It's it's there. It's solid um, and strong. And as you said, I did appreciate the the four vignettes that we get. Um, well, five really, if we look at Bojack by himself. Mm-hmm. So. We get he's he's in prison, and the first thing we get is Bojack teaching, Bojack directing, Bojack teaching. It's not the ideal thing that he wanted, you know. At oh gosh, where was it? New England. I, it's fall. Right. It's very fall. Right. It's 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 not there, but it's in a prison. But he's still probably going to end up doing it. Which gave me crazy ex-girlfriend vibes, but also felt real because it's like, look, it's not going to be your perfect thing, but you're still going to get something out of it and maybe you still will be okay with it. And the best part of that is he's finally doing Ibsen. (laughs) Like his mother always says, well, it's not Ibsen. And he's directing Ibsen in prison. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or is it is it just Hedda Gabler? It's not actually Ibsen because he does say, well, it's not Ibsen, but I think he says it's not Strindberg. Like he switches oh, to some other player. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful and circular. Like it just shows like he's not a hundred percent better because he has that family trauma that will always have messed him up. Right. It's not good enough, but it's what I'm able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So he gets his own snapshot. And then we go to, I feel like Mr. Peanut Butter is a nice um, chaser for like trauma because <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter, the moment he comes on, like the first season I hated him. And I, I think we discussed this in our first, in, in one of our first discussions about it. Like I could not take him as a character because you're not supposed to. You see him through Bojack Horseman's eyes and you're like, okay, this this is a terrible guy. And then you see, no, his intentions are pure. He has pure intentions. He stole the D, you know, but Mr. Peter Butter's ready to give you the big D back. You know, he's ready to go, <laughs> go there and take care of you. Um, But it still goes wrong. You know, now we're end up, we're in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> it was there. Oh I'm, no! <laughs> it was there. I'm like, it's gonna be a B. It's gonna be a B. <laughs> Please, <laughs> just let it be a B. Like I knew I was, I was praying. He's uh, like to celebrate birthday, Dad. I'm like, oh yes, it's a B. <laughs> like I just couldn't wait for it. <laughs> but I just think. I just love that he's still doing his own things, but he's starting to make realizations. You know, he gets his, he expresses himself like he normally does. He makes his movie reference, but then it's actually deeper now. It's mm-hmm. it's less about like, is this a crossover episode? It's like, it, I realize it's like a Christopher Nolan movie. You know, the women are part of it you know, are there, but they're not, it's not really about them. It's just about <sighs> me. Uh, I was living for that as a Christopher Nolan hater and someone who's accepted the light of never seeing a Christopher Nolan movie again in my <sighs> life. Like I was so pleased by this joke that I'm sure it's angered so many other people. <laughs> as somebody who enjoys at least the dark night, at least I can, you know, see the flaws <laughs> to, in order to laugh really hard at that. It's like, oh, you're so right, Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, in so many ways, about Christopher Nolan and about Mr. Peanut Butter. Mm-hmm. So tell me more, like, um, how has Mr. Peanut Butter changed from, like, where he starts in season one to now and his relationship with Bojack? What's different? Well, before he's a joke, you know, I feel like Mr. Peanut Butter's a joke and... Um, he's where most of the humor's coming from at, at the expense. And he's just saying silly things. And it, it's wacky sitcom character. Like, that's who he is. He is the wacky best friend neighbor sitcom character. And that's all he's ever going to be. And or he's he's the spinoff version that, you know, when your grandma in the 90s bought you the wrong VHS because it was named the same title as a Disney movie. Like that's, that's who Mr. Peanut Butter was. He's like the knockoff 
version who doesn't have any depth to him. Like he's the Bojack, but without the addiction, without the trauma, without the family stuff. But then somewhere around season three and four, we realize he has a different trauma. Yes, he doesn't have the family stuff. Yes, he doesn't have the alcoholism, but he is a narcissist. And he does see, he does have trouble with being honest with people. And he's always trying to please people like all golden retrievers. You know, he's, <laughs> he's flawed because it's about, I'm just likable. I'm just a likable person. Mm-hmm. And he's forced to, to grow up. And his whole relationship with Pickles, which I, I just love that I'm being forced to talk about Mr. Peanut Butter and Pickles and, <laughs> and, and, yeah. In order to describe a really uh, deep message, like, well, Mr. Peanut Butter, thank you, creators of BoJack Horseman, for, like, (laughs) making absurdity happen and trying to talk about the depth of your show. But (laughs) because (laughs) when Mr. Peanut Butter learns a life lesson, you, you get to see him... You get to have it both ways. You get to see the ridiculousness of the situation. Like his um, his dinner party where everything goes wrong and he starts make, telling, telling the truth about how he really feels about all of his friends and doesn't realize that it's a surprise party and they're all around him, you know, that all the guests <laughs> are there. And he happens to walk to each location and say the truth about those people and not worry about being likable. You know, mm-hmm. he's able to say the truth. It's devastating and hurts, but it's it's pure peanut butter. It's <laughs> it's it's pure Mr. Peanut Butter in it's that moment. It's creamy, smooth, organic peanut butter. It's it's life force. It's it's so true. I also love that he's gone from being the object of Bojack's hatred to being the one true friend that he calls to pick him up from prison for the day. Right. Oh. Like, they're legitimate friends now. It's like, lucky you, I'm sentencing you to life with me. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, oh. It's like if Simpsons were only six episodes and at the end Homer accepted Ned Flanders as his best friend in actuality, as opposed to like the one occasional episode where they like tease the idea of like, Ned is actually Homer's best friend. It's his male companion he spends the most time with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, it's so reassuring and it's so nice. But it's also good that we know that there's still going to be Hollywood shenanigans <sighs> and he's still going to be involved. And I, I love that his news conference, he references back to all the weird things that he's been a part of, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, oh yeah, that did happen. Oh, oh yeah, you've you've come a long way, Mister Peanut Butter. It's also this meta, like making you think about what Bojack was doing at the entire time without recapping Bojack's journey whatsoever. Mm, yeah, here's my side character journey where I did some crazy things. <laughs> <sighs> so who do we see after Mister Peanut Butter? We get. Um, Todd next. We get Todd. We go to the Mr. Peanut Butter says, oh, don't worry, I won't leave you by yourself. And Unless then, I see my friend Erica. And what are the chances? <laughs> Boom. Bojack's alone. 
<laughs> no more Mr. Peanut Butter. That's a wrap on Mr. Peanut Butter. He's not in the show anymore. <laughs> That's your goodbye. He's going to continue. And uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, one last thing on the peanut butter, Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> but um, I do also appreciate the phone call he gets from Pickles then or the text message to like well my marriage is over and she's never coming back and like leaves the room <laughs> like i guess <laughs> i guess that's over like well they wrapped that up in a single line on a page i mean he he knew that when she left too oh i i we all did but it's yeah. just really nice to be like there are no more questions we wrapped up this story mm-hmm. um yes we get todd next Bojack's by himself, trying to enjoy himself, feels really out of place. And Todd's like, we have to hurry. No time to explain. The fireworks are starting. And Bojack's like, why? Todd says, I told you there's no time to explain. Let's go. You're like, Todd shenanigans. Okay. Here we go. What shenanigans are we going to get? Not a Todd shenanigan. I mean, it is, but like, it's, it's wisdom Todd. I, I so appreciate that it's about Todd realizing that Bojack needed to get out of there. And he it's like, I just wanted to help you get out of that room. Like, I wanted to give you an excuse to leave. I'll, I'll tell you what. I like Todd. I like Todd's subplots. I like the craziness. I like the sex robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Todd stuff. But for me, much of Todd... There's, I mean, this times in Todd feels so essential to the show, which is right now. And I love that they ended with the feeling of Todd being essential to the show. Because mm-hmm. there are times when it feels like the Todd plot is not essential to the show. In reality, it is. It always ties back in. Um, but they wanted to make sure that Todd didn't feel like the family guy's Meg or the American dad's Klaus of the show. Like there's not this, the four main characters and Todd. Right. It's the five main characters, and they really hammer that home. Good on you, writing staff of BoJack Horseman. And we we get reference to the latest Todd shenanigan, which is now he's running a daycare center. But to him, it's a business like to like I was working with some work associates talking about the hokey pokey. And I just imagine him talking to like two year olds and three year olds like that's. <laughs> I didn't imagine he's talking to other daycare workers. I was imagining him talking to, you know, kids in diapers. Yeah. Discussing the hokey pokey. Because that's the most Todd thing I can imagine in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recognizing that we've all misunderstood the hokey pokey. <laughs> we've, we've just all completely missed the point about what the hokey pokey is about. And what life is about. And it's so wise because it's absolutely in the song. And it applies to the situation. Like obviously the song doesn't try to have a deep meaning. But the lyrics of the song and the show. I don't know where they pulled this from. How they got this idea. uh, But I really, really like the stupid Todd wisdom of. No, 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 no. (laughs) You turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them was sitting on that for like years <laughs> and just waiting like in some notes app on their phone. Like, 
This hokey pokey thing, I, I need the right moment to bring this out. I don't know where I can pull this out, but... Maybe it was a Vincent Adultman joke that got cut and they had to bring it back somehow because they loved it so much, but not Vincent saying it. Mm. Yeah, it feel it feels so good. Like, it's so... What, what I love about it is that it is... What was... Um, Bojack's line. He's like, I don't think they were thinking that much about it because um, they rhymed about with about, <laughs> you know, he, he goes to make fun of it. And then he's like, there's times when I just don't know if you're smart or stupid. Like, you know, it's which is true. Like it, it makes so much sense, but it's also a really stupid throwaway thing to say. Mm-hmm. But it also has a lot of truth to it. And it is true for Bojack. You know, you have to be the one to turn yourself about. Like, it's no one else. It doesn't say you do the hokey pokey. Someone else holds your hand, twirls you. And then that's what it's all about. No, you, you yourself, physically, after all the shaking and, you know, putting stuff in places, you have to be the one to turn yourself about. And I know we're only like two and a half vignettes in with Bojack, Mr. Peanut Butter, and Todd, but each one of these feels like the show could have ended right when that vignette ends, and I would have been completely happy. I think I agree, but also to feel complete, you needed to go through all four. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, they could have... They could have rearranged them, is what you mean? Yeah, I guess if if they like Harold pintered it and did some of this stuff out of order <laughs> and like not in time, like Todd could have been the end of the show. This hokey pokey joke could have been the end, and I would have been happy. Um, Bojack and Princess Carolyn having a meaningful moment as friends and mm-hmm. being completely over any romantic past they had that could have been the end. Mister Peanut Butter and Bojack like having this adventure, getting to the wedding. That could have been it. Or it could have been Bojack back in prison directing Ibsen. Also would have been good. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about Princess Carolyn. I know we said a little bit about her, her fake wedding and how much we respect her as a person and her work-life balance. What um, What is there about her and Bojack? Ah, honestly, I like I like the end of her arc so much that I've forgotten some of the her and Bojack stuff. Uh, <laughs> it didn't feel as important to me. Like it's hmm. it's important, but I was so invested in Princess Carolyn, I was cared more about what she was doing in her life than what she was doing with Bojack. And that's um, the but point. It felt like <clears throat> you figured yeah, it out. You did it. You figured it out. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> it felt like despite everything Bojack's done, like she's still his biggest cheerleader as a friend. And she mm. wants the best for him. And after all this is done, if he wants to do something back in the industry, she will still be there for him. As a friend. But and an agent and no, a manager. I, no, she won't be. Oh, did I miss that part? I've forgotten. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so small and so subtle. Um, But he says, you know, if I'm ever interested in um, getting back into the business and doing something, I'm going to need representation. 
And she looks away and she looks at him and says, and I can recommend some excellent people. Hmm. It's like, oh, like I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to fulfill that role for you. This is the end of our professional relationship. I I don't know that I interpret it that way. I'm remembering this now. Um, it you don't said interpret so, it that way, really? It's said so sweetly, like, yes and no. I agree and disagree. Um, okay. She's definitely saying that she won't be his representation because she has work-life boundaries. It's not just because it's BoJack. It's because, like, he's a lot of work and <laughs> she has her hands full. She's doing her thing and running a business and being an awesome business lady person. I interpret that as it could be someone at her agency even is still his agent. Hmm. Like she, it's not like she wants him not associated with her work whatsoever. Like she's there right. for him. She's going to help him out. But, but her personally won't be that person to call yeah. on again. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. And I don't think that she's that person for anyone. Mm -hmm. Except the people that work for her. Hmm. I do have to say this doesn't happen in the episode, but the um, the episode where she is trying to take care of her daughter and it has all the audio changes and um, all the different visions of her in the different colors and where it shows her internal. She's losing sleep. She's not there. Like that is one of the most realistic representations of parenthood I've ever seen in my life mm -hmm. ever. And I thank them for that. <laughs> I, I was, I had, I couldn't watch the next episode for like three days because of <laughs> how real that hit me. Hit too hard. I was like, no, that, that was, that was too visceral. I, I have to step away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, she's had a journey and, yeah, it's but it's so good. Mm -hmm. Is is there anything we would like to say before we transition on to Diane? Uh, I feel like we have to go to Diane. Okay, let's talk about Diane. I I think to a certain degree, Diane's name is a joke, and I appreciate that they really played out that joke to the last minute of the trope of a TV show based off of Cheers having a Sam and Diane kind of thing. And here it's a Bojack and Diane kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But a Bojack and Diane kind of thing is a very different kind of thing than a Sam and Diane kind of thing. I think the Bojack-Diane relationship is iconic and will define some of the future of TV and character relationships that we see because it's so nuanced and deep and has so many interesting moments and levels and intricacies that this will be something people pick apart for years and try to replicate and do stuff with. Um, so that's just a vague meta comment of <laughs> I like the idea of Diane. <clears throat> mm. And it was despite what we we're saying that it could have this episode could have ended on any one of the side character vignettes. It always had to end with Diane. Right, because in very many ways it started with Diane. I mean, absolutely. She's the intrusion in mm -hmm. the first episode. Right. <laughs> Dramatically speaking, when your intrusion is resolved, that's the end of your story. So we have <laughs> Diane entering Bojack's life and Diane leaving Bojack's life for real. Hmm. And 
saying some of the most painful but most real things to to hear like her line about sometimes there are people in our lives where we're grateful for them and then they go and we're they've fulfilled their purpose in a sense you know then it's okay it's okay to have those people mhm it's about uh, not having I mean, there's so many interpretations of that too. Like, it's not just about Diane. It's about Bojack's mom and Herb and Sarah Lynn. Like, even those feel, those relationships feel more sour than his relationship with Diane. Like, they had their purpose and they had their time and now they're not there. I mean, Diane will still live and be somewhere else, but those people are dead and Bojack even no matter how much he wants to resolve anything in his life, like he can never resolve those things with those people. He's still at the dinner party in mm-hmm. some ways. Absolutely. That it still exists. That trauma still exists. So what do we learn about Diane? Like what, what I know she was the last person that Bojack called before his uh, swimming excursion um, before his near-death experience, that she was the one, even though she wasn't even in the same city, he called her because he wanted her to save him, to say mm-hmm. that he was good enough to keep living. Please call me a good person. Tell me, mm-hmm. and I won't, I, won't, I won't do it. Tell me I'm still good, even though I've yeah. messed up again. Please, you're the only person who's ever said that I'm a good person. We've gone from please call me a good person to please call me. Right. I mean, they're so similar as characters. It's, I think the biggest thing we learn about Diane is that she can have a life outside Bojack, and she's made that step before he does. Mm-hmm. Because they came to rely on each other so much. They went to each other for advice on everything and mentally picking through all the things going on um, and processing just what's happening in their lives with each other. And that's not something that was sustainable for those two people at this point. Right. And so she made the decision to, I mean, obviously Bojack's in prison, so good excuse to try to move on with a life without processing with him. Hmm. It, it was just, if it, it felt like, um, what am I trying to say? It was really great to have a relationship between two people that was about love and intimacy, but nothing to do with sex, but completely about love and having a really close and intimate relationship with each other, having a sit on the roof breakup scene Mm -hmm. um, that was really hard to watch um, and painful because it was awkward for the two of them. You know, you, it was palpable. Um, and then to leave it between the two of them just sitting there 
staring at the stars, stealing glances at each other, seeing if the other person is going to look at you and make eye contact again, you know, saying goodbye in your head, but also like, no, it is a nice night. Are they looking at me? Are they, is she still there? Are they still there? Mm -hmm. Looking back at the stars. Um, And I looked at the time when I rewatched it and that's a full minute. That's a full minute of silence between the two of them that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, wow, this feels long. Um, and it needed to be. I think that moment needed to be as long as it could have been. Like, yeah. I would have watched 10 minutes of that, you know, <laughs> because it, there was so much happening between the two of them. Between he looks at her, she looks away. She fixes her hair. She looks down. Like there's, there's so much acting and character happening in that moment between the two of them, and it feels <clears throat> resolved. Yes, and it's the opposite of another character who's not in this finale whatsoever. That I feel like I have to say something about, which is Hollyhock. Oh, Hollyhock. Yeah, that's going to, until the day I can no longer think critically about animation and shows, like, that's going to haunt me because it they did it did what they wanted it to do. And it's so unsatisfying because they want you to feel Bojack's pain. Of, you don't get the definitive answer of what was in the letter. You just right. know that she's not in his life anymore, and she never will be. He'll never get that resolution. He'll never get what they had back. And that's essentially the same thing that's happening with Diane, except they get the moment to kind of except that that's the end result of what's happening. Right. And they both get to tell each other that, you know, you were important to me. Yeah. This had meaning. It's ending. But it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Is this a bad time to bring up that this is also our final episode? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh. I don't know. We're doing it live. (laughs) It's not. It's not our final episode. I just. (laughs) I just felt like it it just felt like final at the moment. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm like getting really misty right now. So. um, Yeah, I just want to. I think we were talking about this before we started recording. I just want a way to revisit this story, you know, in some way in the it was so deep and get to get to the marrow of it. Like I, I wish there were like a, a thousand page novelization of it because it does feel like I just want to pour into the details. Like I, if they had every script of Bojack Horseman published, I'd probably go back into it and just relive and sink my teeth into it. So writers, if, if there's some way you can put that online somewhere, that's cool. true. Forget the novelization. Just take the entire script for the entire series, publish that all as one book. Oh. Or just make it available online for free, and then we will uh, bind it on our own, not for resale. Or I'll, I'll, I'll read it on um, Weekend Read or something. I want a physical one. I want it on my shelf for people to know that I'm a BoJack Horseman snob when they come to my house. That's true. Yeah, I will put it on my downstairs bookshelf. I won't hide it in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) 
that that's just real. I I can't comment on that because that thought process is too real. <laughs> so, did you have? I know you said it, but what do you want to talk a little bit more about your favorite thing from this episode? The final. I episode? mean, yeah, I feel like we've both spoiled our favorite things because we it's did. Such a good episode. We did because we had to. We had, <laughs> we had to. to. It was important to the conversation, and that's how you merge plot and character together to create story. Bam. Bam. <laughs> Um, the favorite thing is so essential. can't be avoided until the end of the podcast recap. Um, my favorite thing as a recap was Princess Carolyn's fake wedding. And I just love that. I love that Judah wasn't there because that's what they had agreed to do. And they were both working at that time. <laughs> like he was doing his work somewhere and Princess Carolyn was doing her work. Um, and he's secure in his enough. He's secure enough in his love for her that it's like, yeah, I'll go do this. That's fine. Yeah. And I don't know if the writing staff had also love for Judah and Princess Carolyn, but that certainly feels like a ship that the internet made sail. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, it felt like Judah was written out of the show for good. Uh, but even I, like in the early Judah, Princess Carolyn episodes, like there's something here. I, I see that static between this monotone lad who is no display of emotions whatsoever for his boss. <laughs> I like this dynamic. This is going places. <laughs> Four seasons later. <laughs> Get me the last living Netflix brother's phone number. Get him on the phone. <laughs> yeah, Let's make this God. happen. Mr. Netflix. Uh, how about you, Chris? What was your favorite thing? My favorite thing is everything surrounding essentially Princess Carolyn's goodbye. Like her, um, him saying, if I do need, if I do want to get back in the business, I'm going to need representation. Her look away, her line, I can recommend some excellent people. And then their hug coming together for the dance. Like for her to say, yes and no at the same time to him but also the dance and the holding close is showing like i'm still i'm still here for you just Mm -hmm. i i can't be there for this and while she's working like that's also such a brave thing because she's in business mode and she's hugging spurned bojack horseman the harvey weinstein of hollywood essentially hollywood yeah um and she's at a (laughs) which she's at this like did you say Hollywood? <laughs> I guess. What? Um, so I love that she is. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many layers to that of um, making that brave choice to be seen dancing closely with Bojack Horseman, the infamous Bojack Horseman at her essentially networking event. Right. Where nobody has a phone. So there are no pictures of it. That's true. That's true. But still perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh well. Anyway, should on we, that downer. On that downer, <laughs> should we discuss homework time? Let's. For next time, check out Disney's The Owl House. Uh, watch at least the first episode, maybe some more. Try to stop yourself. Uh, and we'll be talking about it in our next episode. As always, we like to say thank you to Nigel Catino. 
our sound engineer. And thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can check out our show notes and more at writersgetanimated.podbean.com and find us on Twitter to keep in touch with what's going on or let us know your favorite sad thing about BoJack Horseman or just send us a sad dog beam again and again and again and again. Um, Our handle, at WG Animated. Also, if you ever do write that novelization, creators, or have all the scripts, you can get them to us. Send us a link. I will pay good Hollywood money for that book. Yes. Be some cool Hollywood folk and help us out. Good night, everybody.